Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Well, good morning. Thank you so much for being here at our 11 o'clock service. Rossville, man, so glad you guys are there and online as well. Hey, if you have your Bible, Romans chapter 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Fifth, sixth book in the New Testament. Very last chapter in the book, Romans 16. And I started a sermon series uh, a couple weeks ago, no, last week, entitled Thankful. And we're just looking at how to give a heartfelt thanks as we're in this season of Thanksgiving. And so last week we talked about thank who, that is how do we become a person of thanksgiving. We looked at those 10 lepers in in the Bible and one return to give thanks. This week I want to preach on this subject, subject, thank you, thank you, Romans chapter 16, who to to thank. Hey, let me say this, I forgot to mention it a minute ago, they were having baptism after our 11 o'clock service and, and we'll do it immediately after the service. It'll be right over in our children's building, which is just just walk out that door and keep going. Somebody will direct you there. It'll, five minutes after this service is over, we'll, we'll be baptizing. So make sure you get over there uh, quickly after the service if you'd like to see it. And for those of you who are here today for the baptism, thank you so much for, uh, for being here. Hey, Romans 16, thank you. This week, we lost uh, an American television icon, Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, passed away this uh, week. Uh, a matter of fact, a week ago Sunday. I did a little digging on Alex, and I'll tell you why I did in, in a moment. I did a little digging on him and found it just full of fascinating facts. For example, he hosted more than 7,500 episodes of Jeopardy. He was nominated for 34 Daytime Emmy Awards and won seven of those, as well as a Lifetime Achievement Award. He toured with the USO 13 times. He made guest appearances on How I Met Your Mother, X-Files, Beverly Hill 90210. Here's a little timeline of his at least television life. 1961, he joined the Canadian Broadcasting Company as a newscaster, and from 66 to 73, he hosted a game show in Canada. 1984, he was hired on as the host of Jeopardy. I just found out, not the original host, but hired on as a host of Jeopardy. And in 1989, first daytime enemy, enemy. I keep, I've said that every service. Can't get, I think it's a Freudian Hollywood slip, you know, because Hollywood and enemy and all that. Anyway, um, Anyway, let me get that out of my head for a second. All right, thank you, Lord. 1989, 2013, he hosted the National Spelling Bee. 1990, he won an, he got an award in 98. I'm having a hard time. In 98 is a Hollywood Hawk of of Fame. Hey, I'm just going to rewind. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapters, let 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 me try it. Not, it's third service, man. Stuff just doesn't work right. Uh, 1999 received a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame. 2003 Emmy. 2006 an award. 2008 the same award. 2011 the same award plus a Lifetime Achievement Award. 2013 Broadcasting and Cable Hall of Fame. 2000, June 13, 2014. Love this. 6,829th appearance as the host of Jeopardy. He set the Guinness Book of World Records for most episodes hosting of a game show 2019 he received a standing ovation got an emmy uh 2020 got his last emmy and i'm glad this is over and 2020 
He passed away last year at the age of 80. Now, why did I show you all that? Because about three weeks ago, by the way, his last episode is not aired yet. Uh, I, was, I read an article that said it would be aired in December. Somebody told me it's actually going to be aired on Christmas Day. Like, that's, that's pretty cool, right? Going to be aired on Christmas Day. But a few weeks ago, about three weeks ago, before he passed away, I saw this news article come across, and I saved it for today. I wanted to show you a video. It's a 30-second video. And I'll tell you why I'm showing it to you in a minute, but what, what's this 30-second video of Alex Trebek? The new champion, 20400 for Burt Thacker. Any family members uh, back home uh, cheering you on? You know, here's a true story, man. Uh, I grew up, I learned English because of you. And so my grandfather, who, who raised me, I'm going to get tears right now. He, we used, I used to sit on his lap and watch you every day. So it's a pretty special moment for me, man. Thank you very much. Man, what a great video, right? Like, I showed, I told you all about Alex Trebek just so I could get right here with all of those awards that Trebek has received throughout his lifetime. And here he is just really, it was probably taped a month or so before it aired, but literally just days before he dies, days before he passes away, with a shelf full of trophies and awards. Was there anything sweeter for Alex to hear than... A heartfelt thank you about how it impacted somebody's life. I mean, a thank you, a sincere, heartfelt thank you impacts people more than you realize it impacts people. And here's what we know. It impacts the giver and the receiver of the thank you. And did you know that a thank you, a heartfelt gratitude, and I'm, I'm not even in the Bible yet. Give me a minute to get to the Bible. That research tells us that a heartfelt gratitude, heartfelt thank you can make all the difference in your relationships. As a matter of fact, the University of Georgia recently did a survey on the subject of marital happiness. And what emerged from that survey of marital happiness, they weren't prepared for. Here's what they said that we found that feeling appreciated and believing that your spouse values you, now notice this, directly influences how you feel about your marriage, how committed you are to it, and your belief that it will last. Now, if I had told you there was a magic pill, if I said I've got a magic pill that will make your marriage, they'll make you feel better about your marriage, make you more committed to, about your marriage, and make you believe that your marriage was going to last a lifetime. If I said, I've got a magic pill, you would ask me, how much is it? Well, here's the magic pill. Your spouse feeling appreciated and believing that your spouse values you. That's the power of an appreciation. Saying and meaning a thank you actually makes your marriage relationship better. And the fact is, it makes all relationships be better. And research bows it out. So example, here, here's what we learn about the thanker. That when you're the person doing the thanking, it produces a positive emotional state. It increases a sense of well-being. It triggers feel-good hormones. It reinforces virtuous cycle in your brain, making you want to do it anymore. Well, what if you're the thanky? It gives you a feel higher level of self-worth, triggers greater desire to help the thinker. Now, let me just, can I call time out? Can I call time out? Like, you shouldn't do it for this, but did you notice this? That if you tell somebody thank you, that um, the person you're telling thank you to sincerely appreciate it, it makes them want to help you more. Now, husbands, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I'm trying to tell you what to do this morning, all right? If you want to be... You want to get somewhere, maybe a thank you might help you out a little bit, all right? All right, time in. All right, triggers helpful. I just try to help the men when I can, right? Triggers helpful behaviors toward others. 
Appreciate being needed, feel more socially valued. In short, when we give out thank yous, research and science tells us that it, it improves our lives and the person that we think. But can I think, but can I tell you this? It's bigger than that. It's just the right thing to do. And it's what Christians ought to have as a regular part of our lives. We should be known as a thankful people, people who are full of gratitude, not just for what Jesus has done for us. I'll talk about that next week. I'm talking about what others around us do for us. And Paul set the example in Romans chapter 16. So if you're, if you're at Rossville or you're in this room, would you stand up as we honor God's word by reading it? Uh, Romans chapter 16 and, and look at verse number one. It's on the screen. If you if you don't have your Bible or you're watching online, you can follow along on the screen with me. Now, can I, can I say this? Can I can a moment of confession here? There's a lot of names in here, and I'm going to get about 40% of them right, okay? The rest of them, I'm going to have to nickname at least one person. I just can't get it out. I'm a little tongue-tied today and can't get it out. I want you to know that when I said these in my study, they all came out beautifully. But publicly, it ain't been a good day today, all right? So I'm going to do the best I can. You've already seen me stutter and stammer, and so now I'm going to do it again. And feel free to laugh at me, but know we're taking names. All right? All right. So uh, Romans 16, verse 1. I commend you to our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church in Centuria. So you should welcome her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever matter she may require your help. For indeed, she has been a benefactor of many of me also. Verse 3. Greetings to, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. Not only do I thank them, but so do all the Gentile churches. Greet also the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend, here we start, Epantaeus, who is the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary. Thank you, Mary. Greet Mary, who has worked hard, very hard for you. Greet, greet Andronicus and Jania, my fellow Jews and fellow prisoners. They are noteworthy in the eyes of the apostles, and they were also in Christ before me. Greet and Pleiotus, my dear friend in the Lord, greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, I'm just calling this one Stacy, I can't get it out, Stacy, I don't know, greet Apellus, who is approved in Christ, greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus, greet Herodian, my fellow Jew, greet those who belong to the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord, greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who have worked very hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and thank God he just said the brothers and sisters who are with him. The Lord knows what they may have been named. <laughs> Greet Philogus and Julia, Nereus and his sister Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send you greetings. Verse 17, now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you have learned. Avoid them because such people do not serve our Lord Christ by their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting with smooth talk and flattering words. The report of your obedience has reached everyone. Therefore, I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and yet innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, Lucius, Jason, Sosipater, my fellow countrymen, greet you. I, Tertullius, who wrote this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, who is host to me, and the whole church greets you. Erastus, the city treasurer, and our brother, Quartus, greet you. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, the commendation of fellow Christians 
It's pretty typical for Paul. That's not an unusual thing he does. What's untypical or atypical about what he does in Romans 16 is Paul calls out 27 people by name, 27 individuals. That's not done anywhere else uh, in the New Testament, that Paul's calling out 27 people, so much so that New Testament scholars thought that maybe this is a whole separate book. Like maybe Paul wrote a thank you letter and they just lumped it in with this. But you look into it, no, it goes with Romans. There's no doubt it goes with Romans. But get this. Paul had never even visited Rome. Paul had never been. He's getting there, but Paul's not been to the Roman church yet. And the, yet, when he's writing the Roman church, he calls out 27 people, 27 people who have influenced his life. And so what I want to do is follow that pattern today. You've got a card in your chair that I, if you're at Rossville or you're here at Rock Spring, you've got a card in your chair. And if you're at home, what I'd love for you to do is get... Um, uh, a sermon no, uh, pen and a piece of paper to take some sermon notes on and you, you'll be able to follow on with this. But if you're in the room at Rossville or here, uh, here's what I'd like for you to do. Uh, there's one side that says sermon notes. I'm going to give you five points up here is what they, kind of what they are today. And I want you to write those five down on sermon notes side. On the back side, just hold on to that. I'm going to actually give you some time in the sermon. Let me, let me tell you what I'm doing today. If you're new to our church, first time watching online, first time in the building, can I tell you something? This is not typical me, what I'm going to do today. I'm not really going to be a preacher today. I'm going to be a guide. Here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to guide you through Romans 16. And I'm going to tell you who all Paul thanked. Kind of put them in categories for us. And I'm going to guide us in being thankful people. And so I want you to have a pencil, pen, something you can write with. And, and have that note card or a piece of paper if you're at home. And let me just, let me be pastor today and, and not preacher. Preaching, I love to preach and do it 51 out of the 52 Sundays. But today I'm going to be your guide. Today I'm just going to guide you through the scripture. And really, look, I could preach a sermon on Thanksgiving. And look, it could be a pew jumping, hanky waking, waving, chandelier swinging sermon. And you'd go home and love it just like you do all my sermons. Like you do all my sermons. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Need a minute, I was getting worried there for a minute, and uh, my ego's uh, bruised. And so um, we, like, we could do that, but I want you to go home saying good sermon. You're not going to today. You're not going to go home and say good sermon. I want you to go home with a list of people that have impacted your life, and you need to do something about it. Would you, would you humor me just one Sunday to do this? All right, number one, you need to thank the helpers. Romans 16. I commend you to our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon. By the way, I actually put a different translation up on the screen today than what's in what I, I normally preach out of a CSB, but different up here for a reason, just to make some of the wording easier. But I commend you to our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in Centria. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, and especially to me. She has been helpful to many, and especially to me. She's been helpful to many. And especially me. Phoebe was a woman leader in the church at Centria near Corinth. And she's actually the person that carried Paul's letter to the church in Rome. She was the deliverer of this letter. And in the letter that she carried, Paul asked the Roman Christians to help Phoebe in whatever she needed. He called her a sister. And Paul said, I want you to give her whatever she needs because she has been so helpful to me 
and to the ministry of the church. She's been so helpful to me in the ministry of the church. Phoebe was someone who was close to Paul who had helped him when he desperately needed help. And she had helped many too. Now, don't get hung up. The Bible uses the word deacon. The deacon, when he writes this, is not an official uh, office yet in the church like we have deacons today. The word in the Greek literally means a minister. And Paul said she, was a, she, was a, she had a ministry heart, that she ministered to me. She ministered to the church, that she was helpful to others. And can I say this morning that there are people in your life right now and have been there that have the gift of helping people who have been by your side people who have been a helper in your your life they may be helping you now they may have helped you in the past but people who have helped you financially in your life people who have helped you spiritually in your life could be a pastor a Sunday school teacher friend parent a spouse People who physically helped you, people who continue to help you now, people who have been emotional support to you, could be an employee, you're an employee, you have some people in your life that fit that bill, that over the years they have ministered to you, over the years they have helped you, and even now, even now maybe, maybe they're pouring help into your life. When was the last time you took the Phoebes in your life, the helpers, and gave them a heart felt gratitude heartfelt thank you would you do this would you turn that card over and when it says a list of people to thank i'm going to be quiet for about 30 seconds would you write down some names of people that you need to thank who've helped you or are helping you in your life Number two, Paul said this, thank the riskers. Look at verse three and four. He said, give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I'm thankful to them and so are all the Gentiles' churches. They once risked their lives for me. Priscilla and Aquila were a married couple who moved from Italy to Corinth after the emperor Claudius ordered the Jews expelled from Rome. As a matter of fact, one historian said this uh, about Claudius. One, he records this. That uh, let, me, let me read to you. He said, he banished from Rome all the Jews who were continually making disturbance, disturbances at the instigation of one Crestus, which would be Christ, but they recorded it as Crestus. And he banished the Jews, and Priscilla and Aquila were some of the Jews that were banished. And here's what we know about them. They're mentioned more in the Bible, that they were tent makers by trade. And Paul was a tent maker, and they came into contact with Paul, who was also a tent maker in Corinth. It's not clear whether they became Christians after meeting Paul or were already Christians, but we know by the time, uh, shortly thereafter, that they are co-workers with Paul in the Gospels. As a matter of fact, we're told in 1 Corinthians 16 that a church met in their home, and they actually helped Paul write First and Second. Corinthians. And so Paul does this. Paul thanks Aquila and Priscilla for risking their lives for him. Now, we don't know what that means. We don't really have a clear incident in the Bible of Priscilla and Aquila risking their lives. Now, many people think it has to do with Demetrius the silversmith. There's a guy in the Bible named Demetrius who got mad at Paul because Paul was preaching and people were turning from their idols and turning to God. And Demetrius the silversmith made his money by, by, um, uh, selling silver idols and so it was hurting financially so 
pretty much Demetrius got out for blood for Paul, tried to kill him. And maybe that's the incident. Somewhere on the line, Aquila and Priscilla uh, laid down their lives or risked their lives for Paul's sake. We don't know, but we know they became partners in business. They became traveling companions, companions, and they were willing to risk themselves and put it all on the line for Paul. You've had some riskers in your life. People who are willing to hang in there with you, believe in you, and even when others would not. And some of you are thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. No one's ever risked their life for me. Can I, can I say it a different way? Let me phrase it this way. Who in your life has sacrificed of themselves in order to give to you? Who in their lives have sacrificed of themselves in order to give to you? Who in your life, like... Some of you had parents that did do that, had done that. Some of you have spouses that are friends or even coworkers. You've had people that they have done without in order to benefit you. Someone who's willing to sacrifice what they could have to benefit you. What they could be to benefit you. What they could do in order to benefit you. That is a risker. Would you turn your card over and where it says people to thank would you ask God to help you think of a risker or two in your life that you can thank? Number three. Thank the comforters. Romans 16, 7. Greet Andronicus and Jania, my fellow Jews, who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. The comforters. These are two Christians greeted by Paul and Romans, but not really mentioned anywhere else. And, and Paul called them his kinsmen. Now, the word kinsmen, the, the way it's used in the Greek, could mean several things. It's translated here fellow Jews, and it definitely could mean that. It could also mean from the same country. It also could mean something from the They could have been cousins of Paul, though that's not likely. Uh, it probably means, most people believe the way it's translated, my fellow Jews. But they were fellow prisoners for the cause of Christ. And most historians believe that they were in the same prison with Paul. And Paul described them as men who were highly respected among the apostles. That they, the original 11 apostles thought very highly of these two men and even recognized them as older Christians. Now, here's what it doesn't mean. It doesn't necessarily mean older in age, just that they, they were Christians before Paul was a Christian. And here, here's what Paul said, that these two men were in prison together with me. So here they were Christians before Paul, well-respected before Paul got on the scene, and he was the kid on the scene, and they found themselves in prison together. It doesn't take much of an imagination to imagine these two men taking Paul under their wing and being a comfort to them while they were in prison. That while he was in distress, they were there to support and encourage Paul and to be a shoulder for him to lean on. A, a comforter. Who's been a comforter in your life? People who stepped in when you felt like your world was falling apart. It could have been in a sickness, it could have been in emotional distress, it could have been during a loss, during a disappointment, or maybe it is when somebody broke you that they were there to put the pieces back together again. Hey, it could have been a simple phone call or a text or a message or a gift or a meal. 
It may have been nothing more than a shoulder for you to cry on and invent to. Who's been that comforter in your life? Someone that when your world has been falling apart, they've been there to help you hold it together and put the pieces back together again. Who's comforted you when it seemed you could not be comforted? Would you turn that card back over and write down some names? Number four, Paul thanked the workers. I love this. Look, multiple verses. Look, verse six. Give my greetings to Mary who worked so hard for your benefit. Verse nine, greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stacy. Verse 12, give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis who has worked so hard for the Lord. Now, this, this is not the Mary we're familiar with. This is not Mary, the mother of Jesus, or Mary Magdalene. This is not her. This was a Mary that we don't know anything about other than this verse, and she was a worker. Urbane, most people think, historians believe, was actually a believer in Caesar's household. Very high ranking, but all we know was he was a worker. Tryphena and Tryphosis, Tryphosa, most people believe are sisters, and some even think twin sisters because of their names and what it means. We know nothing else about them other than this, they were workers. And then Persis, who is described as working so hard for the Lord. Now, here's the interesting thing about this list. We don't know anything about these people other than what's listed here, and there's not really a standout among them. We know so little about them. And here's why Paul is so thankful for these workers. When they just showed up and carried the load when the load needed carried. When the work needed to be done, they did the work. Now, can I say as pastor, let me say one thing as pastor here. As pastor, I want to say thank you to everyone that shows up every week and does the work. Our one team, our volunteers, whether it's worship or sound or greeting or kids or youth or preschool, like everything that you do, our coffee, like we get up, man, I am so thankful to you. There's no week go by. We are not, especially during times like this, that we are so, so thankful for you. We are. I want to say that without, uh, we're so thankful. There's, but I, can I now take it out of the church world? Who in your life is the worker? For some of you, it's your wife. For some of you, it may be your husband. Could be your parents. Could be an employee. Could be a friend. Someone who's just tirely working, giving themselves. Now, here's what you have to know about this. You have to watch out for workers. What do you mean watch out for workers? You get so used to them working for you that you barely notice what they're doing for you. Now, I'm not talking about employee-employee. It definitely could apply. That definitely applies in this situation. But I'm talking about there are workers in their life who work, work so your life can be better. And you know the only time we notice them is when they're not doing it anymore. Right? Like there's some teenagers that think dinner just magically appears on the table, right? That their bed magically makes itself at the end of the day. That their clothes are washed by angel dust or whatever, right? No, no, they're workers. And if we're not careful, we take those workers in our lives for granted. We barely notice them. I mean, the only time we recognize them are, is, is when they're gone or when they stop. So would you turn your card over? Number four, would you 
write down some workers in your life that you need to be thankful for. Number five, thank the mothers. Now, ladies, you're going to be severely disappointed. This is not a Mother's Day portion of the sermon. I read this, and I thought, I'm really setting myself up right here to be deflated. And by, by all means, you should thank your mama, right? That's, that I, but I'm not speaking of mother as I am speaking of someone who mothers you, more in a verb tense. Look at what Paul said in verse 13. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother and mine. Now, this translation, chosen in the Lord, is not the best translation of that, of that Greek phrase. It really means more this. Greet Rufus, a choice servant of the Lord. A choice Christian. So here we got Rufus, who Paul describes as a choice Christian. Like, this guy's a breed apart. His walk with God is something we can all be a little envious of. Now, when you dive in a little bit deeper into Rufus, which I did this week, which I've never done before, didn't know it until this week, that Rufus... Most historians believe is the Rufus who was the son of Simon the Serene, who in the book of Mark, you remember what Simon did in the book of Mark? He carried the cross of Jesus to Calvary. You remember that, Simon the Serene? Most people think Rufus is the son of the guy who carried the cross of Jesus. And then when he's greeting Rufus and gives a great, great, uh, testimony about him, his choice servant in the Lord. He then greets his mother and he uses the most affectionate terms possible. He says, and, the, and his mother, who is mine. I, I don't read Greek. I had two semesters of Greek in Bible college, but I, I dug in enough to know that I, I actually looked at it in a Greek text and I thought, well, what does he mean in mine? Is that a good translation? And literally, and it says, and, and mother of me, like literally mother of me. It's not his real mother. Rufus and Paul were not brothers. But get this. Rufus is the son of the man who carried the cross of Jesus and called a choice Christian. And, and, and his mother would have been the wife of the man who carried the cross of Jesus. And she had been so impacted Paul's life that Paul called her his mother. I'm telling you, that's one good Christian family. Can I get an amen right there? Right? I mean, this... They're off the charts. And somewhere along the way, she had taken care of Paul, and we don't even know what that means. We just know that Paul had a deep affection for her and was so thankful. Here's how I picture this. Paul is dictating this letter or writing this letter, and he, he's about to write a paragraph on Rufus's mother, and he gets so choked up that all he can say is, and mine. Rufus's mother Tears come in his eyes and mine. Now, who could that be in your life? Like for some of you, it may be your mother. That's fantastic. You say, well, hey, look, I'm, I'm saying today that that person doesn't even have to be female in your life. Now, let's just say, you have to say this in this day and age. If you're a teenager, only women can be mothers, right? It's biological fact. Only women can be mothers. Just want to say that out loud, uh, lest somebody misinterpret uh, in this culture what I mean by that. But what I mean by this is, it's a category. People who make you feel safe, people who love you, who've cared for you, 
who pour into you, who believe in you, who invest in you. That's what I mean by mother. Turn your card over and write down a name or two of somebody that's been that for you. So I've never preached from Romans 16. I'm, I'm not sure I did today. Uh, I was your guide. Guide me through scripture. I'll be honest, had I been reading, through, had I been preaching verse by verse through Romans, I might have ended with chapter 15 and said, hey, verse 16, he just names off a bunch of people. But there's more than that when you dive into chapter 16. Paul goes down through a roll call of 27 names who have impacted his life who he just wants to stop and say thank you. So today I hope if you're in a room, Rossville or here, if you're at home, you got a sheet of paper. But I hope on the back of your card you have a list of names, multiple names, that become a roll call of people who have invested in your life. That you need to really stop and give a heartfelt gratitude and thank you and maybe ongoing or maybe they've done it for you in the past. Maybe they're doing it for you now or maybe they're doing it for you all the time. How do we tell them thank you? Let me give you four quick ways. Nothing j just as a guide. Number one, send them a message. That's a call, a text, a phone call. Can I ask you to do even a little more? Can you mail out a card? Like this is, th these people on this list, that's the list of people you always meant to tell thank you uh, in a special way and you've not done it. Can we stop now and do it for real? Number two, you might could return the favor. It may be that somebody invested in you now needs some investment in them and you need to step out of your bubble and go over and invest in them because they need you to return the favor, though they'd never ask. Number three, maybe you can give them thank you verbally, but then maximize the investment. What do you mean by that? Well, when somebody pours in your life, they are investing in your life. And, and listen, here's what they're investing in. When somebody gives to you, they are investing in your life so that your life can go forward. The best way we can honor them is take their investment and move our life forward. Move our life forward. Maximize their investment. Or number four, simply send a gift. There, there may be people on your list that have meant so much to you, that have done so much to you, that a thank you is great, but again, I'm not saying it has to be anything extravagant, I'm just saying you look at your list. Who's on your list today? This is not supposed to be a holiday for Christians. Hear me, it's supposed to be a lifestyle for Christians. Would you stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed? If you're watching online, hang with me. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Rossville, Rock Spring, heads bowed and eyes closed. I told you I wasn't preaching today. Something I've never done anything like this. I just wanted to guide you through. You become the sermon. You have helpers, riskers, comforters, workers, mothers in your life you need to thank. So as a Christian, wherever you are, would you just stop and start pondering those names and what God would have you to do in every one of those circumstances? But if you're here today and you're watching online and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, listen, you need to know that 
Being a Christian is amazing because it's about having Christ in your life to help you live daily. And it's knowing your eternity is secure and heaven is your home. And there's some of you in the room today that God has really been working on your heart. There's some of you watching online today that God has really been working on your heart. Like he's really been driving home in your heart. You need to care for your eternity because one day could very well be too late. It's not a decision you get to make after you leave this world. You prepare for eternity while you're in this world. Today's the day. Today is your day. And you can become a Christian today, and it's as simple as A, B, C. A, you've got to admit that you're a sinner. You can't earn your way to heaven or be good enough to go to heaven. That's true for all of us. I wouldn't trust the best five minutes of my life to get me to heaven. B, you've got to believe Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose again the third day. Put your faith in that, and we call that the gospel, but you're not saved if you do that. You're saved when you believe that, and then C, you confess him as Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So heads bowed, eyes closed, no matter where you are. If you'd like to become a Christian today, God's already been working on your heart and brought you to this divine moment. You can be saved right now. Matter of fact, I'll lead you in a prayer. The prayer will not save you, but it's the intent of your hearts to trust Jesus. The, the prayer will help you verbalize what's in your heart. Maybe you don't need me to pray. You can just pray, ask God to save you. Do it. You do it. You don't, if you don't need me, that's awesome. But if, I know maybe the first time you've ever prayed in your life. And so if you'd like to trust Jesus and become a Christian and know that you're saved and your sins are forgiven and heaven is your home, pray something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I can't earn my way to heaven. I know that Christ died on the cross for my sin and rose again the third day. So just now I invite Christ into my life to forgive me my sin, to save me, and to give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. Hey, every head bowed, every eye closed. But if you just prayed that prayer with me the first time in your life, listen, you are born again. I want you to look right this way. If you're online or in the room, look right this way. I want you to take your phone and text I did to the number 97,000. You may be watching this video days, weeks, or months from now. Text, you can do it then. Text I did to the number 97,000. If you're, if you're on your phone right now, you can screenshot it. If you're in the room, you can take a photo of it. We'd love for you to do it right now or sometime today. And we've got a booklet that tells you the next seven steps to take in the Christian life. And you're going to be confused without that booklet on what to do next. We're just going to ship it to you. If you'll just text I did 97,000 we're going to celebrate what the decision you made is and we're going to ship you that book so that you can know what to do next now let me talk to the Christians for a moment you've got that list I hope you did that list who and how do you need to thank them Thanksgiving is not a holiday it's a lifestyle for a Christian next week I'll talk about how to thank God that's next week this is about the people God has sent into our lives say thank you to leave this place today don't let that piece of paper get away from you until you've given a heartfelt thanks to those now our staff is going to be up front here and we've got two next step stations up front and if you want to talk about joining our church being baptized 
or even becoming a Christian, our staff's here. And I want to ask our members, don't come just hang out at these Next Step stations. These are for people who really need to make a decision or ask a question. You Maybe you just have questions about how to become a Christian, how to be baptized, or how to join our church. Our staff's going to be here right after service for about five minutes. And if you need to talk to one of these guys, just hang in your seat for about five minutes, and they'll, they'll be uh, available after that. But for now, if you need to make one of those decisions, man, we, we, we want to help you make that decision or just answer your questions. Father, we love you, and Lord, we're only thankful. By nature, I said last week, it's just not natural for us. It's not in our nature, but we have the Spirit of God within us to change our nature. And I pray that that will happen, and Lord, we'll become a thankful people as a lifestyle. Help us to say thank you. We have that list. Let us go out and show Jesus to a lost and dying world when they see our heartfelt thanks and gratitude. Thank you for the ones that were saved today. Lord, no doubt there were with the numbers watching in person online. I pray they just follow up and, and, and send that text in. God, just do work in our church and thank you for what you have done. Thank you for the changed lives that we're about to celebrate in the baptism just now. Lord Jesus, that's what we're about. Thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood for our sins. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening.